0: the fantasy football beat
1: welcome to the fantasy football beat the podcast that will never let your team die in darkness i'm scott allen Hi, I'm Des Buehler, and I think at least one of my fantasy teams
0: just might be dying in darkness. <laughs> it's, it hasn't been going so well, so uh, we'll see how that goes. But yes, yes, Scott, please don't let that team die in darkness.
1: Des do you know when team photo day is? I don't want to be suspended for the next fantasy football podcast.
0: I can't I can't help you with that, Scott. Sorry. I, I'm not sure I can help you with very much. As I said, my fantasy expertise, not, at, not in tip-top shape these days, but uh, yeah, can't help you too much with that.
1: We got a lot to get to today, including Leonard Fournette putting his fantasy owners in a little bit of a bind uh, before today's game for missing his team photo and getting suspended, but...
0: Yeah, good move there, Leonard.
1: Yeah, but let's start with the Titans and the Ravens, and Derrick Henry and DeMarco Murray, as far as I know, didn't miss their team photo, but... They also didn't do much in this game. Henry scored a touchdown. The Titans beat the Ravens 23-20 to 20 in a game where fantasy points were were kind of hard to come by. For the Titans, let's start with them. Des, what stands out to you uh, from the box score?
0: <laughs> uh, I get Well, DeMarco Murray uh, keeps getting work even though he's very ineffective. And I know a lot of Titans fans, not to mention Derrick Henry owners, are pretty frustrated with Henry's still just not getting a lot of work there. I know Henry got in the end zone, which kind of saves his day. But he only had eight carries for 26 yards. Murray seemed to injure his knee. You remember he, he, he had a hamstring injury earlier that was sort of hampering him, and Henry still couldn't leapfrog him on the depth chart. So I, I think the Titans are maybe Malarkey's just kind of coach like wants to go to, with veterans. But I know that I'm not the only one who's watching that game thinking, like, why don't they just get Murray on the field more? more? It doesn't, just doesn't look like uh, – I'm sorry, why don't they get Henry on the field more? It doesn't look like Murray really yeah. really has it here. Um, Other than that, I mean, this was a classic sort of – tight. this is the way you might think a Titans-Ravens game might go. Pretty defensive, not a lot to choose from. I think Marcus Mariota has been a little bit of a disappointment this year. I think a lot of people saw him sort of blossoming. You know, he hasn't really been running a whole lot. He hasn't really been doing a whole lot of everything. So I think, you know, this is just another example where – you know, he's just he's not as reliable of a fantasy commodity as I think we would have thought he would be at the start of the season. On the other side of the ball, I mean the the obvious bright spot for the Baltimore is Jeremy Macklin. He himself yeah. has had injury issues, which is not a new thing for him, but he looked great in this game, turned nine targets into eight catches for ninety eight yards and really was you know, the, the, the engine of that offense, especially with Alex Collins somewhat predictably not really being able to get it done on the ground. And I say predictably because Tennessee ha- actually has a pretty strong run, run defense. And, uh, you know, we saw Javorius Allen do what he does, which is get targeted a lot in the passing game. Right. And he, got, he did get in the end zone on, on, near the goal line. So one of those good – and I keep telling people, his owners, you know, go trade him. So you got, I think, one last really good game from him. The Ravens go on bye next week. And then the week after that – we we think that Danny Woodhead, Danny Woodhead. Yeah. Yeah. So try to trade Javorius Allen if you can.
1: I was going to ask, I mean, with Danny Woodhead practicing and, you know, he's probably going to take a lot of those targets out of the backfield. Is he the one to to pick up now and the one to own? We've talked about, you know, Alex Collins, you know, he has a hundred yard game and he looks like maybe he's emerging as the lead back over Buck Allen. Is Woodhead the one though that you see putting up the most points for the rest of the year?
0: Probably because I just think Buck Allen, Javorius Allen, whatever you want to call him, has, has you know has, has been a, a relative disappointment. It's really going to depend on if Woodhead can get his explosion back. What does he look like coming back from that injury? And of course, he's kind of he's old. He's 32. So, you know, I I think it remains to be seen. But it could be and it could be a situation where the Ravens use all those guys and they each sort of take turns sapping each other's fantasy value. And which is a pretty bad offense all around.
1: Let's move on to the Saints and the Bucks. New Orleans wins 30-10 to 10 and a, a running back situation unlike in Baltimore where both running backs are ownable and, and productive and Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. Ingram didn't score today 77 total yards but Kamara a huge day 68 yards rushing and a touchdown on the ground. He also had six catches and a touchdown through the air. He continues to impress and then Ted Ginn Jr., um, a guy who's Playing his way into uh, flex viability, I think his third touchdown of the season today and another solid game from Drew Brees. With Mark Ingram,
0: I think, you know, sort of a good news, bad news story with Ingram, right? Because he had those two fumbles in the fourth quarter last week, and you just didn't know if maybe the Saints were going to bench him outright. They didn't, so that's the good news. And he did turn his 16 carries, which is a lot, obviously, in a 77 yards, a 4.8 average. That's very good. Didn't get in the end zone, though, and only had two targets in the passing game. Uh, turned one of them into one yard. So Whereas Kamara absolutely dominated the passing game. Seven targets for six catches for 84 yards and a touchdown. And as you said, he got the touchdown on the ground as well and turned 10 carries into 68 yards. So really a much better game for Kamara. If I'm an Ingram owner, I can, at least you can hang your hand on the fact that it doesn't appear that he's getting benched. Even if Kamara is the better player and gets more touches going forward, I think there's plenty of room for both players in this offense to do pretty well. Uh, Michael Thomas was a guy that I thought coming into this game, because he'd, he'd relatively underachieved, um, and he, this was a blow-up spot for him because the Buccaneers' pass defense has been so poor. He, he again, he just had like a so-so game. He had 11 targets, turned them into eight catchers for 65 yards. I had said sell high on him if he does blow up in this spot because I think the Saints schedule gets tougher down the road and we're just seeing that they're just not this explosive offense anymore you know we have another sort of humdrum game from drew Brees, and i think that's what we can expect going forward so you know i still think michael thomas is a sell i don't know if it's sell high but if you can get a really good return on him, because i think he still has that name brand and he's been steady he just hasn't been spectacular
1: and for the bucks i think a lot of concern for that offense there already was coming in Jameis winston leaving this game replaced by Ryan Fitzpatrick. He was not very effective. And if you're a Mike Evans owner, I think you've got to be doubly concerned. Um, One catch for Evans, he may also catch a suspension for leveling Marshawn Lattimore after Winston and Lattimore got into it on a a weird uh, after-the-play scuffle um, in this one. You know, No matter whether Fitzpatrick or Winston is the QB next week, I think you've got to seriously monitor whether Evans is even going to be on the field.
0: Yeah, I, I had said on the Wednesday podcast that I was worried about Mike Evans, who would put up some numbers, but in general hadn't been as dominant, had, had been getting targets, but hadn't really turned them into production, and you again saw that in this game, you know, he had six targets, which is actually low for him, but you think on six targets, he could do more than one catch for 13 yards, and I agree, uh, Jameis Winston is clearly not right, they took him out of this game with, with yeah. co- recurring shoulder problems, that could mean Ryan Fitzpatrick is the quarterback going forward, that could be, you know, maybe that's a 50-50 thing, as in the, 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 the passes, Ryan Fitzpatrick likes to throw he loves to throw balls just lob them downfield and let his guys make the catch so that could work out for Evans but I agree he, he could potentially get a suspension here and in, in a day where five players did get ejected for their roles in fights yeah. it's odd that he didn't <laughs> but you know if if I'm an that was owner, the biggest hit of all of them <laughs> you know I think own people who own any piece of this Buccaneers offense which is a lot of people obviously need to be concerned about it in general I mean it's sputtering and if you're a Doug Martin owner owner as I am in, in a couple leagues you know, what you saw today was very worrisome because he, he essentially ceded a lot of the work to, uh, to Peyton Barber. You know, it's never a good sign when you're giving up carries to Peyton Barber, but, you know, Doug Martin had eight carries for seven yards, and in general, he just hasn't been, he's not been anywhere near an RB1 this season. I think he's, he had been getting sort of that sort of workload, but now it's shriveled up in this game. He hasn't scored in his past three, and, and the, whole, the whole team just appears to be, in, in a, in a, to a certain degree, in, in disarray.
1: Unlike the Bucs, I'd say owners of Los Angeles Rams have to be feeling pretty, pretty good. And I think you can just go ahead and give Sean McVay, Coach of the Year, honors now. Los Angeles routed the Giants 51-17, to a huge game from Jared Goff, over 300 yards passing and four touchdowns. Dez, on the Wednesday podcast, you mentioned Sammy Watkins as a value pick. I'm going to give you half credit here. Yeah, he had right. one catch, but it was a 67-yarder for a touchdown. You thought he might be targeted more often with Janoris Jenkins suspended. Coming out of the bye, I mean, you said you might you might see him targeted more often, that they might try to feature more of the offense. The Rams have been spreading the ball around a lot. Where does he fit in with Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and that, that whole passing offense?
0: Yeah, I, th- I think this is a perfect example of where he fits in. He's a strictly boomer bust player, and he's going to bust at least as often as he booms, and and I mean, yeah, one catch. He had two targets in this game, one catch, turned into a 67-yard touchdown, but I think you still have to consider Watkins a very, very unreliable player. Going forward, and you still have to think of him, I think, as number three in, the, in that passing chart. I mean, I think Cooper Cup, he had five targets. Robert Woods, who I think is the top receiver in this offense, more of a possession guy, but certainly Cup, and I mean, that's just the kind of offense they want to run. They want to run a high percentage offense. Goff clearly is more comfortable throwing to those two players who I think run safer routes. So, you know, I think Watkins is number three in this passing game behind, behind Woods and Cup, and you saw that again today.
1: Yeah, Woods with at least four catches in five of his last six, including four straight definitely developing a lot of rapport with with Goff. And for the Giants, it's Evan Ingram and then not much else again, the tight end with a, a touchdown in his third straight game.
0: Yeah, I mean, we saw Sterling Shepard come back from his injury woes, and I think we saw what we're going to see going forward, which is a- Ingram and Shepard really dominating the looks in this offense, such as they are. You know, they had 19 targets between them, turned, in, turned them into nine catches for 140 yards. They both had 70 yards. Ingram gets the end zone. Gets gets the touchdown and he continues to be a tight end one and I think he's the one bright spot for this offense and you know you talked about Sean McVay maybe getting coach of the year honors well Ben McAdoo that's not going to (laughs) happen for Ben McAdoo he'll be lucky to still have a job by the end of the season because the Giants sure look like a team that has quit on their coach
1: another blowout in uh, Philly the Eagles beat the Broncos fifty one to twenty three and the big news here. Let's see how Jay Ajayi adapts to this offense. And there was some concern on the Wednesday podcast that, you know, this might be bad news for Ajayi owners. Fewer touches, probably. And indeed, he had fewer touches, but more fantasy points. And it's hard to say, I think, maybe because of the way this game went. I mean, the Eagles jumped out to a huge lead from what you saw of this game and what you see in the box score, is it too early to say how Ajayi fits in this offense?
0: Well, I, I think it, Ajayi owners should have been very concerned coming into this game, not just because their guy was going to split carries and split work with LeGarrette Blount and whoever else in that backfield, but because they were playing the Broncos. And then, of course, they have a bye week next week. But So you thought... This was potentially two straight weeks where Ajayi was essentially unplayable, but you know, everybody who did play him certainly got what they could have, ever could have hoped for, which was a 46-yard touchdown run, 77 yards on eight carries. And in, in this is the best-case scenario for Ajayi because, yes, he got less work, and that was predictable, but he did more with the work he got which was also predictable because he's moving to a much better offense. In fact, he scored his first touchdown of the season after you know yep. after getting zero with um, you know however many touches he got in Miami. So uh, definitely a good sign for Ajayi going forward. Uh, definitely a bad sign for garrett Blunt, which was also predictable. Nine carries for 37 yards and Corey Clement. Like I don't really yeah. know. I don't know what to do with exactly. I, I, it, there's no way you could start him. I know he had a great game. Uh, production, you know, fantasy points-wise, but it still feels a little bit fluky. Although, you know, if he's gonna kind of get the ball, get those little passes near the end zone, I mean, that is that is sort of repeatable. But I, you know, I still don't think he's any more than than a hail mary play.
1: Yeah, and with Clement, three total touchdowns today. He's not gonna do that very often. But it's back-to-back weeks with 10 carries. Of course, last week they played the 49ers, which was also a blowout. So it's hard to balance. You know, how much of this is the rookie kind of growing in that offense? The Eagles trusting him more versus just the product of the, the score. And, you know, we're going to rest Ajayi and let Clement go at it for yep. double-digit carries.
0: And uh, anybody who played Trey Burton uh, after Zach Ertz was ruled out for this game got exactly what they could have hoped for, two catches for only 41 yards, but he got the, the crucial touchdown. Yep. And Alshon Jeffrey it's starting to round into form, it seems like. He's had three big games in, in his past four games.
1: And for the Broncos, they needed to make a change <laughs> with the way Trevor Simeon was playing, but maybe Brock Osweiler isn't the answer. Two hundred eight yards yeah, and, and two picks. Demarius Thomas, though, a, a decent day. Eight catches, seventy yards, and a touchdown.
0: Yeah, I mean the one thing Osweiler did was feed Thomas. Some of it was pretty garbagey, but hey, that, that plays in fantasy. That'll work out just fine. Osweiler was as bad as you could have hoped for, or hope you know hoped you wouldn't be if you were <laughs> hoping for the best. I have no idea. It was a tough spot. I mean, at, at Philadelphia, but yeah. the, you know, and I think the Broncos can only hope that Paxton Lynch gets healthy quick. He's he's been out since the preseason, I think. Um, but he's supposedly getting getting healthier by the moment. So
1: we might see him start next week. The Panthers beat the Falcons twenty to seventeen and we got our first look at the Carolina offense. Sans Kelvin Benjamin, Devin Funches, the, the leading target, I think, as expected, at least until Greg Olson comes back. Seven targets for Funches, five catches and eighty six yards, probably about a, a lower end wide receiver two at this point. And then Elsewhere offensively for the Panthers, Christian McCaffrey, his first rushing touchdown of the year, 15 carries, his most this season. He also had five catches, which he's been doing all season.
0: Yeah, McCaffrey uh, looks like the big—McCaffrey and Funches— uh, again, as, sort of as predicted, look like the big winners of, of Calvin Benjamin getting traded away. Cam Newton, again, doing a lot on the ground. You know, nine carries for 86 yards and a touchdown. He has been really running a lot more in the past few weeks, which is really propping up his value because he's certainly not getting it done very well through the air. You know, and, and, and as such, we're seeing kind of an old school version of the Panthers, despite the, the fact that they want to move to this sort of yep. different attack. You know, we did see Curtis Samuel get involved a little bit here. He had five targets, turned him to three catches for 23 yards. So maybe his role grows a little bit going forward, and that's certainly something to keep an eye on in terms of the waiver wire. Uh, but, yeah, Funches looks like he's going to have a very steady role in this offense.
1: And for Atlanta, Julio Jones had a good day, Des. Six catches for 118 yards, but it should have been so much better. So much better. He dropped a wide open, I don't know, 40-yard touchdown pass in the end zone. He yep. could not have been more open. According no. to ESPN, it was his first drop in the end zone since <laughs> oh, 2012. Hit him right in the hands, too. Right in the hands.
0: It, that was brutal because he could have had a really huge game. I mean, you like the fact that he was targeted 12 times, and apparently that was only the third time this season he's had double-digit targets, which makes no sense whatsoever, especially when you look at his supporting cast. Uh, Muhammad, speaking of which, Mohamed Sunu, a little bit of a diff- disappointing outing, although he did get a touchdown, which kind of saved it, because he's been you know, fairly steady as sort of that supporting wide receiver. But you know, Devontae Freeman uh, doesn't do a whole lot here, and Tevin Coleman gets a touchdown, which saves his day, because otherwise it was pretty bad. And Atlanta, in general, just looks very discombobulated on offense.
1: We mentioned that Leonard Fournette was suspended for a violation of team rules. The Jaguars beat the Bengals anyway, 23-7. to And I'll give you credit again here. Your buyer beware on Wednesday was A.J. Green because yes. he was going up against Jalen Ramsey. Well, <laughs> I, I think he thought Ramsey might take Green out of the game, out of the offense, but not this way.
0: Yeah, no, that was a little bit <laughs> surprising. It's true. I, th- I thought Ramsey would, would play lockdown coverage on him. And I think he did to some degree, and I, I think that got A.J. Green pretty darn uh, annoyed and, and probably led to him led yeah. to that, that fight. I mean that was chokehold. Yeah, I mean Green is kind of a mild mannered guy. I thought like that. Where did that come from? But and a lot of people thought why was Ramsey tossed? I mean he shoved yeah. AJ Green, but you would never throw a guy out of the game for what he did. And after that he was basically just the victim of an assault. You know, but I think the refs just said oh the heck it you're you're both gone. Um, you know, so another frustrating frustrating outing for uh, AJ Green owners, which again makes him just a a buy low candidate for sure.
1: Right, and maybe suspended for for a week. You'll have to see. And yeah, you'll have to look at things. that. If you he's suspended for a
0: week, maybe don't buy low. Unless <laughs> unless your team has a, has a really good record. Or buy racket. really low. Yeah, you could buy super low yeah. on them. Yeah, and if you're in a winning position, if you look like you're going to the playoffs anyway, then maybe you do.
1: Ivory got the start for Fournette, rushed for uh, 70 yards on 20 carries. It was Marquise Lee who had the biggest day offensively for the Jaguars. Eight catches for 70 yards, 75 yards and a touchdown. And Joe Mixon, I mean, the Jaguars' defense is strong, but only 31 yards on the ground. He did salvage his day a little bit with a score.
0: We keep waiting for Mixon to have a really big game. We keep waiting for to, to do for him to do a lot with his carries. I mean, Jeremy Hill didn't even play in this game. Uh, Gio Bernard was out of the offense altogether. The Bengals only ran 37 plays from scrimmage. They're fewest in franchise history I, I, I read on, online. So hmm. maybe there just wasn't a lot for anybody to do with. But, again, Mixon just, you know, and a lot of the blame, I think, has to go to that offensive line, but he continues to be, A relative disappointment given the amount of work he's getting.
1: Texans fans were reminded of what life was like without Deshaun Watson, and it's not pretty. Tom Savage had a brutal day for the Texans, and the Houston defense made Jacoby Brissett look incredible. 308 yards and two touchdowns for the Colts QB. And T.Y. Hilton, Des, we've been waiting all year for this, too. Five catches for 175 yards and two scores, his first touchdown since week three. Yeah, Hilton owners
0: need to sprint to their league mates and try to sell high on him. This is the red alert on T.Y. Hilton. Sell high now. Get what you can for him. You know, the Colts don't play the Texans again until Week 17, which isn't very useful for a lot of for a lot of us. In between now and then, the Colts get the Steelers, which is a tough passing matchup. Then they're on by. Then they get the Jags, which is the worst passing matchup. Then they get the Bills, who are fairly tough. Then they get the Broncos and the Ravens. So that is a brutal schedule. And, you know, we've seen Brissett. I mean, Hilton has just been not just up and down, but like crazy up and then crazy down. Looking at that schedule, you could predict a few more downs than ups, which means you may not be getting a lot from him you know, in the future. So, yeah, definitely try to sell high in Hilton if you can.
1: For the Colts, your boy Jack Doyle had another eight catches for 63 yards. And in defeat, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, a decent day for the Texans, six catches for 86 yards and a touchdown. And I'm finally willing to concede that Will Fuller's touchdown-to-catch <laughs> ratio is not sustainable. Two catches and no touchdowns this week. I know, no touchdown.
0: I mean, it's unfortunate. I mean, well, everything is unfortunate about Deshaun Watson going out. We'll never know now what would have happened with with Fuller with a healthy Deshaun Watson, whether that ridiculous streak of, of scoring he was on would have continued or not. We all thought, or a lot of us, including myself, thought it was unsustainable. Now it's definitely unsustainable with Tom Savage back there. You know, we, t- I j- we talked about Osweiler. The one good thing he did, getting the ball to Demarius Thomas, at least, yeah, Savage got the ball to DeAndre Hopkins he took care of number one six catches for 86 yards and a touchdown that'll play but yeah I think Fuller now has kind of fallen off a bit of a cliff in terms of fantasy value
1: the Redskins beat the Seahawks 17 to 14 in a wild and weird game in a rainy snowy mix in Seattle Kirk Cousins 247 yards passing he didn't win anybody any fantasy leagues this week no touchdowns for Cousins but he made a huge throw to Josh Doxson On what wound up being the go ahead touchdown, Rob Kelly. If you started him, God bless you. 14 carries for 18 yards, but two touchdowns. Yep, got to like that. For Kelly. And the big receiver for the Redskins, and I think this is going to be true for as long as that offensive line remains in shambles because Kirk Cousins was under pressure seemingly every throw of the game. Vernon Davis, the ageless wonder, six catches for 72 yards on a team high nine targets today.
0: Yeah, he hasn't always. He hasn't necessarily needed Jordan Reed to be out in order to be good. He this is his fifth game in his past six with at least fifty eight yards, and Reed's played in a few of them. But certainly, anytime Reed is out, Davis, I think, is is definitely in the tight end one conversation. Uh, you know, and, and, and that offensive line for the Redskins, yeah. I think, had like one regular starter in there. Yep. Relatively speaking, it, it kind of sort of held up. I mean, Cousins took six sacks, but you know, at least they, they they kept them upright just long enough for them to squeak out this game. As you said, kind of an odd affair, and the Seahawks, I thought, were were. Very disappointing. I mean, I think they could have done a lot more damage than they did. And I think Russell Wilson, in particular, wasn't his usual self. I mean, he he wound up throwing for 297 yards and two touchdowns. You like that, uh, but only 6.6 yards per attempt, 24 or 45 passing. Just didn't really seem to be completely on his game.
1: No, he didn't, especially for the first three quarters. And I think, like, I'll look up at box scores for for Russell Wilson. I've mentioned before I'm a big owner of his. At halftime, his numbers just look dreadful. And then somehow he'll turn it around in the second half, and he did. He had a great fourth quarter. He had 77 yards rushing to to lead the team in that category. Uh, Doug Baldwin had one of his two touchdowns uh, and went over 108 yards receiving, yeah, he, but he was quiet until the fourth quarter, too.
0: Uh, the only other, thing, uh, other note here is that Eddie Lacy... Started the game and there was talk all week um, from the Seahawks that they were going to feed Lacey. and I actually picked him. I've been downplaying Lacey. You know, if you go back and listen to our preseason podcast, yeah, please do that. Uh, I've been down on Lacey, but I picked him up in a couple weeks, l- a couple leagues, on the assumption that okay, if he's going to get fed and it's not the worst matchup ever, they're at home. You know, maybe he'll have a good game and increasing fantasy value. But he went out with a groin injury, and so I think that was that for the wow. short-lived Eddie Lacy era. I mean, Thomas Rawls came in and did okay. You know, nine carries for thirty-nine yards. That's a four-point-three average. I don't know. Once again, this backfield is back to being a complete mess. I think for a brief moment we thought, yep. okay, if Lacey goes out and has a good game here and really does get the line share of the carries, maybe there will be some clarity, but no.
1: In the Cardinals' 20-10 to 10 win over the 49ers, Adrian Peterson bounced back in a huge way, 37 carries. Is that a career high? 159 yes. yards. And, Dez, I ask you, we've seen great Adrian Peterson. We've seen bad Adrian Peterson. We've seen great Adrian Peterson in three starts. Small sample size. Maybe the defense was a part of it. Which Adrian Peterson is the real Adrian Peterson?
0: Well, it's just a a matchup issue, I think. As long as the Cardinals are ahead or tied in a game, it's clear that they're going to give Peterson every chance to carry the ball. And we learned, we got another indication this week, by the way, that David Johnson will not be back this season. That's the current thinking is he's done, that's not for sure, but it seems like it. And I think the cards are just going to ride Adrian. I mean, when you have Drew Stanton at quarterback, you want to hand the ball off as much as possible. And as long as they play a bad opponent and they can stay ahead, they will give him the ball as much. They will give Adrian Peterson the ball as much as possible. And that's what you saw today.
1: For San Francisco, Carlos Hyde, 41 yards rushing. He did have 84 receiving yards though on, on nine catches. Um, and C.J. Beathard continues to struggle. Yeah, and
0: Beathard, you know, it's not all his fault because he's getting beat up behind a patchwork offensive line, and you kind of wonder what that does mean for the 49ers bringing uh, Jimmy Garoppolo into play, you know. Um, I think in in sort of just over three and a half games uh, in which Beathard has played since they benched uh, Brian Hoyer and then eventually released him, I mean, he's already taken 16 sacks, and I saw online he's taken 47 hits in those three and a half games. So I don't know. Like, you would think... The Niners would want to bring in Garoppolo as soon as possible to get the longest look at him, but they obviously don't want to bring him in if he's just going to get mauled. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, Carlos Hyde, yeah, he did a lot of his damage in the passing game before. He He was one of the players ejected, but fortunately it was late in the game. He already racked up some pretty good points there. Uh, Marquise Goodwin took over from Pierre Garçon as the top receiver there. Tough matchup because he, he, he had Patrick Peterson on, on him for a lot of the game. Still wound up with two catches for 68 yards. One of them was a 55-yard catch, and that's, that's kind of what Marquise Goodwin brings to the table. He can get open deep, and I think he's kind of an interesting uh, waiver pickup. I don't think anyone is going to you know, go bonkers down the stretch, but possibly if he does keep that number one receiver role there, it could be a, you know, a pretty decent fill-in wide receiver too.
1: Another big game for Dak Prescott and the Cowboys' 28-17 win over the Chiefs. Three total touchdowns for Prescott, and the not-yet-suspended Ezekiel Elliott had a solid day. 27 carries for 93 yards and a touchdown, and it was Terrence Williams of those Cowboys wide receivers who was the biggest beneficiary of, of Prescott's solid afternoon. Nine catches for 141 yards for Williams
0: yeah I mean, this has this in theory has fluke written all over it. I mean, Terrence Williams had one hundred and forty eight yards total in his previous six games, and he's never he's never been a high volume guy for the Cowboys. He just sort of keeps hanging around though. and then des uh, Des Bryant injured his ankle, they're calling you know it, it remains to be seen how how severe it is. If, if Des is out next week, I think Terrence Williams probably does become a, a pretty interesting. Uh, Fill-in wide receiver there. He could be a, a starter in, in a lot of fantasy leagues. I think, especially when you consider that the other options include Cole Beasley, who had two touchdowns in this game, but uh, only had 24 yards receiving, and he's only had one game of of even 33 yards. So, you know, Cole Beasley not not much of an option there. But yeah, Dak Prescott continues to get it done with what he's given. I mean, he's just been fantasy gold this season.
1: For the Chiefs, Kareem Hunt his sixth straight game without a touchdown. His second straight game held under 100 total yards and.
0: Held under 70 yards. Well, 70 yards rushing anyway. I think held under 70 total yards for the second For the last game. two games? Yeah.
1: Okay, well, that leads to, <laughs> to this question, which would have been ridiculous to ask in, I don't know, weeks one through five. Do you view him as a possible by low candidate? Do you think he's a rookie who's hitting the proverbial wall, or is he someone to go out and get for the, the fantasy stretch run.
0: Yeah, I mean, these questions are always based on what you would have to give up to get him. Uh, yeah, I do, I do. I think he is kind of a buy low because I think there could be some frustration with his performance. As you said, his, his sixth straight game without a touchdown after he had that crazy hot start. Yep. In general, it looks like this Chiefs offense is coming back to earth a little bit. I mean, Alex Smith... You know he's had his third. He, he just had his third so-so game in his past four, and now the Chiefs are going on buy. So again, we get, you know you get to that discussion of if you're in, and I've always advised this in, in my trade columns is if you're in an advantageous position, buy weeks can be great for you in terms of buying low on players. You know you get those teams with losing records, and all of a sudden their top guy like Kareem Hunt here is on a buy and he's useless to them. And they need a win. You can often uh, get a player at a pretty good discount there. So yeah, I, w- I would suggest buying low on Kareem Hunt. You know coming out of the buy, uh, they get the Giants. So, I mean, you know, who look like they're just completely <laughs> falling apart. Yeah. And by the way, I, I forgot to mention this in the past one, but the, the, the 49ers who are 0-8, their next game is against the Giants. So oh that will be a gosh. true battle of who wants to lose it more.
1: NFL Films presents. <laughs> yeah, that'll be sweet. We can't sign off without talking about Thursday's game, a big win for your Jets against the Bills, 34-21. to 21. Yes. Another name that you called. i got to give it up to you here. Stockwatch up. Robbie Anderson, touchdown for the third straight game for him. Uh, The running back situation in New York, I'm staying away still. I mean, Matt Forte had 14 carries for 77 yards and two touchdowns um, on Thursday. Bilal Powell and Elijah McGuire didn't do all that much. But a big game for Forte. And then Taylor, Tyrod Taylor for the Bills – you know, a lot of it was coming from behind. He got some garbage points late, but uh, another huge day for him: three total touchdowns and nearly 300 yards passing.
0: Yeah, it was garbage time. Was beautiful for Tyrod Taylor owners. So he did most of his damage in the last five minutes of that game. He done al- almost nothing up till then, but but got two touchdowns, including one on the ground, which you love to see if you're a Taylor owner, and that was a a goal line plunge essentially. Um, you know, I, yeah, I mean, Robbie Anderson, this is why he's a wide receiver three. I mean, he's not going to be a volume guy, but he has this knack for beating outside coverage. And, uh, you know, McCown will, will throw it to him. And he, he only had four catches, 48 yards, but one of them's a 25-yard touchdown. And I think that's a consistent part of the Jets' offense. They always take a couple shots every game to Anderson when they see one-on-one coverage on the outside. So I think you can expect lines like that going forward. Yeah, the Jets' backfield is definitely a mess because Elijah McGuire got 13 carries in this game, and he's involved. He's not doing a whole lot, but he's involved. I think Forte in PPR leagues is a startable player. I think he's an RB2 in PPR leagues because he's consistently involved in the passing game. Uh, he had four more catches in this game, and he's been doing that over the past uh, four weeks. Blal Powell should be involved in passing game, but he isn't, and I think that's the biggest frustration because he he does well. Every time they give him a chance, he does well, and even yeah. in this game, he had nine carries for 74 yards. I mean, you can't do much better than that. That's 8.2 per carry, but he's just not getting the work, and he's not involved in the passing game, which just seems very weird.
1: I don't get it. Yeah. The other story from this game is that the Bills wide receiver acquisition just required in that trade from the Panthers. Kelvin Benjamin was inactive. Uh, Deontay Thompson had seven catches for 81 yards and a touchdown. And then the rookie, Zay Jones, who I feel like I've been talking about all year, finally had a really good half of course it would be after they trade for the guy that's gonna (laughs) take away some of his targets it's a low volume passing
0: attack so i think outside of benjamin it'll be hard to predict uh, big games for any of these guys
1: and with that a reminder to subscribe to this podcast on itunes and stitcher and you should check out all of our great fantasy football content on washingtonpost.com and as always you can reach out to us on twitter i'm at scott s allen i'm at des beeler get those waiver claims in
0: see ya